strict minimum rules to ensure that acceptable standards are, are, are being put in place. Secondly, it must provide for an effective means of boarding and policing. It must provide also for 100% observer coverage. And by that I mean Canada, for example, does not allow any vessels fishing within its exclusive economic zone unless there's a government observer on board ensuring that the rules are followed. We want exactly the same thing to apply in the deep sea fishery outside the 200 miles as applies within it. And thirdly, if the flag state of the vessel concerned wraps the offending vessel or its skipper or its owner on the knuckles and gives them the equivalent of a hundred pound fine, that means nothing. If he's made a hundred thousand pounds on the uh, fishing journey, he'll go out and do the same thing if he knows that all he's going to have to do is pay a hundred pound fine. So there must be effective enforcement procedures. Premier Clyde Wells is in no doubt that the conservation measures are desperately needed. Fisheries expert and Canadian UN delegate Professor John Leon shares his views. Over the past uh, few years, we've realized that the stocks which straddle the 200-mile limit off Newfoundland and Atlantic Canada are in terrible shape. Uh, the first kinds of warnings came with codfish. Uh, and in 1992, finally, the major fishery for codfish that's always sustained Newfoundland and Atlantic Canada was closed, totally closed. Uh, since that time, in 1992, stock after stock has had to be closed simply because there's no recruitment, the uh, spawning biomass is very low, the total biomass in stocks of flatfish, of uh, redfish, of turbot, and so on are very low. And so to date, I think there are now 14 major fisheries in Canada that have been closed because the stocks are in such a terrible state. Canada is so convinced of the need for conservation, it's imposed strict fishing bans on many of the nation's fishermen. Well, we've been here now tied up for five months. Had hoped to be fishing before this. How does it make you feel, though, the fact that out there is the EU and other countries simply fishing when you're not allowed to? If they're determined that they're going to do it, I guess they're going to do it, you know. What do you do? Do you go out there and go all out and say, no, you can't do it and use whatever force is available? Or do you have to say that those people, maybe they'll come to their senses and uh, try to conserve? They take whatever they can get. They don't throw nothing back. I mean, you bring up something out of that depth of water, you can't throw it back. But I mean, it's all too small. Double mesh gear, linings inside of them. If we were caught using that, we'd be home. You know, you'd lose your boat, you get fines. They get slapped on the wrist and, and give another quarter. We're not allowed to fish. They shouldn't be allowed to fish. We have to wait on uh, the government to let us go. They have to wait on nobody. They can do what they like. It's not just the fishermen, though, who are suffering. 30,000 people in Newfoundland have been affected by the bans. But there's plenty of activity in the fish market of Vigo in northern Spain. There, 50,000 people are still employed catching and processing fish, much of it from the same area the Canadians are banned from trawling. These areas where that fishing is done is a long ways from land, and it's a long ways from the normal controls of national entities. And so this convention has to outline the procedures uh, for regional bodies which will manage fisheries in these various areas 
and uh, managing them in such a way that the stocks are not overexploited, the fishing is controlled to reasonable levels. That uh, approach has to be uh, such that you're treating the uh, populations of fish as a biological unity. So the precautionary approach that you have on the high seas has to apply within national boundaries. It doesn't make sense to take a conservation measure in one area and not the other when it's the same population of fish. So there has to be a second thing that happens, and that's consistency of management of these stocks throughout their range. John Leon. But international law doesn't allow this as it stands. That's why Canada's pressing the UN so hard for a global agreement that would give coastal states the power to enforce conservation rules. Roger, sir. We're inbound again at this time. Leo Storbridge is the head of offshore enforcement for Newfoundland. You have vessels over here that patrol the area and do inspections, and then the vessels, the fishing vessels themselves, return back to. Uh, countries that are a thousand miles away and the inspectors on dockside have to then somehow piece together everything that's happened on a voyage that uh, that they have no personal knowledge of. I mean it's extremely difficult to do that and I think if we cooperate and work together so that all the pieces of the puzzle, the air surveillance, the sea surveillance and the dockside inspections are coordinated, I think, uh, I think you'll have a better system. Despite having been put out of their work and possibly their homes, the Canadian fishermen support their government. Well, I'm selling property so I can keep me house. That's how much of effect it's having on me. I can't make no money till I've heard of the war. And what about your family? They're getting hungry. I'm only 25 years old. I still got a long ways to go compared to a lot of fishermen. And what am I going to do in the next five years if they shuts everything down? You got to let things go on their own, let them grow. You take species out of the water, it's going to take at least eight years, nine years for it to come back to full completion. I say stop it all now and let her grow on her own. We probably played a part in it, as well as everybody else. I'm not saying we're totally innocent, but it seems like we're the ones that's going to have to suffer the most and the longest. Now, all of the member governments of the EU have known this since March 16, 1992. The incredible thing is they've done nothing until now. And at some time in the future, they're going to have to justify to the world their tardiness in responding.